Welcome to Coochie Conversations, where we give you the real on all things women's health, spirituality, and motherhood. Empowering women to have sovereignty over themselves, we shine light on the disparities that women face daily as divine feminine beings. So steep your favorite tea, roll up your favorite smoke blend, and tune into this week's episode of Coochie Conversations. Peace, y'all. This is your girl, Bianca Pittman, a.k.a. Divine Mother, your Coochie Shiro and owner of BU Beauty, giving you a fresh Coochie Conversations episode. Of course, today we have my sidekick, Joanne in the building, (laughs) (laughs) along with two very, very special guests, Shatiko and Ashki. And we'll be talking about the wonders of birthing, the perspectives from both sides, male and female. Please introduce yourselves. Thank you so much for being here today. Not sidekick. <laughs> you know you my partner in crime. You know, and every week it is like the the the, the ink dries, and I, and I see where you're going with this, and I kind of like it. We love you. Here. We love you. I'm gonna be here. <laughs> All right, it's your home, the mirror. Um, yes, uh, it's me again. I am the manager. At Be Your Beauty, I manage the operations there, but I'm also a brand consultant for brown women, and I hold spaces for to create systems and processes and procedures within your business so that everything is fundamental. Um, thank you for having me again, Bianco. I'm excited. Anytime. All the time, anytime. <laughs> Ashki, please introduce yourself. Welcome. Peace. Um, I'm Ashki. <laughs> I... Um... Man, I don't know what to say. Existentially, I'm Ashki. <laughs> yeah. We're so happy to have you here as a male perspective. We haven't had any males on the pod yet. So shout out to you for um, sharing space with us today. I'm just a humble servant. That's that's what I You better be anchor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a humble servant, you know. <laughs> well, with pleasure. We love that you're here today and can't wait to hear all your gems and divine insight that you have for us. Thank you. Um, Honored to be with y'all. Thank you. Shatiqua. Yes. So my name is Shatiqua Farabadal, and I am a pioneer for the healing of the trauma or the experience behind abortion. Um, I'm very excited to be here and share my story and hear you guys' story. Thank you. You're welcome. So a little bit of how uh, we connected. I want to share our encounter. Mm -hmm. I met Shatiqua about two weeks ago at the Women in Business Conference when I was on the East Coast in Harlem. Um, I attend, I used to attend those type of conferences very often up until the pandemic. And then me moving to California has separated me from a lot of those type of encounters. So it was very much in alignment that when I went to Jersey for my baby shower, that this conference was two days before. And um, I was blessed to have a table sponsored by Wells Fargo in the conference area. And Shatiko had walked up to my table being this beautiful beam of light and shared her experience with me. And I was like, wow, I got to have her on the podcast. Um, <laughs> Then, you know, I'm very much into synchronicities and confirmations. And she shared with us that she had just bought a Yoni Steam um, seat the day before and had no Yoni Steam herbs. And she purchased our mini blend. 
which mm-hmm. I can't wait to hear all about your <laughs> theme. Yes. Um, and it, we just had an amazing encounter. And, and now two weeks later, she is being featured on our episode of Coochie Conversations. So thank you so much thank for you. coming up to my table. Thank <laughs> you for your time and your energy. And thank you for being here today. Mm-hmm. Woo. Uh, Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so one, it's 11 11 here. This is so yeah, auspicious. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so I want to disclaim first before we get started that today's episode is not to persuade our listeners on having a stance of pro life or pro choice. This episode is intended to educate women on the consequence of choice and how to remove the karma from our souls because, in Western way, we more so. Um, pay attention to the things that are physical and tangible, the things that we can see and understand, as opposed to how our choices can affect us on a spiritual plane, mentally, emotionally, as well as physically. So um, I just wanted to make that disclaimer today that it's no right or wrong. It's, you know, your perspective is your perspective, your opinion is your opinion. And we are just here to educate and share our stories and gain more knowledge and insight. So um, I will start with um, Roe versus Wade, because I think we're all familiar, um, on how abortions were legalized by the Supreme Court on January 22nd, 1973, in the case of Roe versus Wade. And I wanted to bring that up because I feel like it was in the media, you know, more recently, and how, regardless of circumstances, we don't have the choices. We don't have defined choices over our bodies the way we're supposed to, um, whether we want to terminate or not. And um, in the case of Roe versus Wade, I think a lot of people feel like Jane Roe had an abortion. And she never actually had an abortion. She had actually got pregnant and she was, wasn't was financially stable and she was trying to get an abortion. And they were saying, as long as it has no health benefit, health risks, you have to have this baby. And um, she had the baby and she opted to give it up for adoption. And she was very, she felt very much pressured into giving birth to this life that she didn't feel adequate to take care of at the time. And she became a, protester and pro-choice. Once she became a safe Christian, she kind of changed her stance on pro-choice and became more on the pro-life side. And she started to rally and protest with the anti-abortioners in regards to um, feeling that, you know, how precious life really is. And I guess she kind of, you know, took a step back and realized that even though she didn't have an abortion, maybe she would have even kept her baby or just mm. being happy that she opted to an adoption as opposed to an abortion when she was on the stance of abortion. Um, and it really showed me that, you know, you can change your perspective at any time. Um, right. You know, it's it's it not saying she's right or wrong. She just feel felt indifferent now, you know, through her own life circumstances. So um, today I just really wanted to touch on the topic, especially with having a male perspective here, because we don't always think about 
both sides, even when it comes to our counterparts and, you know, the misconceptions of abortion or the reasons why we have to have abortions. Me, um, I've never had an abortion. I have been to an abortion clinic as a uh, support system for for close friends. Um, I'm not, I won't say that I'm anti-abortion. It was just for me because I've always been told that I couldn't have kids that I felt like if I was to ever get pregnant, which I am eight months now, um, it was just divine. Um, So I would always say like, you know, if I got pregnant, I would never get an abortion because I just don't know if it would ever happen again in my circumstances. But do I judge women who've had their own situations? Absolutely not. So um, would you guys like to share your experiences? Yeah, I'm going to go first because I have a very strange feeling that um, I'm going to release it. I'm going to release it today. Um, There are some remnants of it that still exist, even though, you know, we can do all the opimientos we want. We can do all the we want. But karmically, maybe there's some of it that I have to release. So I'll go first and say, yes, I have had an abortion. Um, I had one after... I was sexually assaulted. I was raped. And I, um, at the time, I was completely abstinent. I was heavily Im- involved in my church. I was a Sunday school teacher, a youth group leader, a youth pastor, and assistant, which was kind of like an usher, but with more responsibilities. And I was in the thick of, you know, just really, really devoting myself to the body of the church. And I was really, really like engulfed in my faith when it happened. And it shook a lot of of my um, personal beliefs about what God, the creator, and spiritually um, being covered looked like. So after my assault, about three and a half weeks later, I, f- I found out that I was pregnant. And um, a week after that, I got an abortion. Um, and throughout the whole concept of, you know, me accepting, realizing, you know, the reality not, not realizing, but realizing the reality of things. Um, I was just engulfed with shame. I was just engulfed with um, silence. And um, just the other day, I was talking to my best friend about it. I was silent in the act. And I was silent in the process. And it wasn't until last June when the conversation of Rowan versus Wade um, became a mainstream media roar. I had to sit with my daughter and sit with my parents, whom I live with, and explain why I was so like berate watching TV that day. They couldn't understand why I was so passionate about what I had seen on the TV and the news and media. And I had to explain to them that years before that conversation, years before that day, I was assaulted um, and I was pregnant, and I'm no, and I had an abortion and. It was a silence in the room because my parents are devout Christians. And, you know, my dad went to dad mode. Who is this guy? You recognize him. And I'm like, you know, it really it really isn't about the individual. It's really about the act for me. Um, and between the time of the conversation last year and the actual assault and the surrendering of the life, I, um, I had done different things. I did cord cutting ceremonies. I had prayed, but it's all in silence. I did a yoni egg, and um, I feel like that that um, holding in the yoni egg. I think the active act of holding and constricting my um, 
my pelvic floor. It brought back a lot of the details that I've forgotten. So it had resurfaced some things. So I no longer use things internally. And I know why we do that now. Um, and, you know, I started steaming, um, you know, goddess practices, you know, I'm working on myself mentally and emotionally. Uh, it's taken some time, but um, I feel like today I'm about to release it. I feel like today I can exchange. I can exchange that situation for the reality that I am a divine mother. You know, I'm an amazing mother to my 15-year-old daughter. And I'm so blessed that that situation occurred because I was able to talk to her about the choices she was um, privileged to have. You know, we live in a state of New York where I was able to surrender to life under medical advisement. Um, and um, it's a daily process because seeing the journey that me and my daughter face every day together, it's almost like, is one life less valuable? You know, um, are the circumstances the indicator? How, how come you get to choose your struggle? You know, how come you didn't choose your struggle again and again and again? But I made peace with myself in knowing that my choice is my choice. And so renewing that life is just, um, is just sparing that life. And all is well. I just had a... a flashback as well because um you mentioned the yoni egg was that the black obsidian yoni egg that i had given you yes yes it was yeah. so <laughs> that's a very powerful stone and um i have my own i've i've been sexually assaulted before however mm. i didn't um result into pregnancy but i remember um wanting to use this yoni egg and um I'm like, I'm going to use this black obsidian yoni egg. This is not, this is before the the assault happened. And I literally had a dream that I inserted the yoni egg and it shocked me throughout my whole entire body to where it woke me up out my sleep. And it was just, I felt like it was telling me that I wasn't ready for the yoni egg. And then like six months later, I was raped and I used the yoni egg. And it was very, I had a very profound experience with the two because with the Black Obsidian Yoni Egg, it does bring up, it resurfaces the trauma. Yeah, and I it, remember details that I forgot. Yeah. If you're not ready to go through those gates of what happened, then the stone is just not for you at that time. And I realized that it wasn't for me six months ago. It was for me for that time. Um, so when you brought that up, it just made me remember, like, I remember giving you the egg, too. But I also remember my experience yeah. with the egg yeah. as well. So I just wanted to. Um, to be clear, you warned me. To be clear, I got two. I ordered a rose quartz one and obsidian. You told me they were two polar opposites. Mm -hmm. And to be clear, it was under your advisement that I was tepid and careful and cautious. And then I did a release right. before and after. So I do credit you. I always do, but I credit you for giving the, the post-care because that's just as important as a prescription. Thank you. Um, because I I love the yoni eggs, but the black obsidian one is not something that you use all the time. It's like seasonal, like during the eclipse or something like that. You know, you might use it like twice a year type of thing um, for circumstances. However, like the rose quartz is very much more gentle and you can use it all the time. So I always try to give that disclaimer and some women just go straight for it. And I'm like, okay, like, you know, but go off girl, go off girl. That's what you want. So, but I always try to disclaim that. Um, thank you for 
opening up and sharing that experience with us. Um, it's a safe place for me. I feel, yeah, I feel very safe here. <sighs> Whew. So yes, we might get a little emotional today as we, you know, get deep into. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm just glad to be here because I'm ready to release it. I think there was like, these are the last remnants of it. And I think I was, I think that it was um, meant to be released under this care. So I'm just really glad for the lineage and for the connection that we're all making now. And thank you for ushering me out because I already feel like, you know, I already feel lighter. And I do feel that like the misconception sometimes is that like we, we don't feel shame or, or we don't feel regret or it's like, oh, she didn't want or love her babies anyway. That's why she got an abortion. And it's like people don't really take into account the circumstances like, you know, um, domestic violence or sex trafficking or financial instability, government policies and things like that that come into play when it's when we make these decisions. Um, I was reading something about in China, like you're only allowed to have one baby and if you get pregnant again, they force you to have an abortion. Um, and they say that like four million babies are born a year and a, and a million of them are aborted um, due to government <sighs> policies and things like that. So it's like we don't take in account all of those things that can form an opinion or a choice. Um, Chitiqua, how was, what was your experience like? Hmm. Well, I um, I come from a household where my mom was crack addicted. And so early on, I was neglected. Um, my dad was present for the first couple of years and then he um, he left. He had to leave my mom because she was she was out of control. <laughs> and so in that time frame, you know, he was he was like my God, right? He was the one who inspired me to do art and do different things that were self-empowering. And then he was like, I gotta go. Are you coming with me or are you staying with your mom? And I'm not your real dad. She told him to say that, you know, it was just, it was the death of me. Um, in that death process, I just got quiet. Uh, like Joanne said, just silence. And then there was like a little boy who used to run in the neighborhood showing us his penis. I should not have been free to experience things like that. But it it gave me a place to, it was just a curiosity, you know, sex became an early curiosity uh, outside of the trauma and neglect and confusion that I felt, you know, the, the adults were insane in the 70s. <laughs> they were literally insane. And so I, um, after, you know, my mom, they separated, I went to live with my grandmother, um, who tried to compensate. She knew what I had, I mean, like harsh neglect. So she tried to uh, cushion me and give me more than I, you know, just she, she did the opposite of neglect. That's a thing too. And so as, as, um, a youngster in high school, not in high school, but in, like in elementary school and then high school. I was this, this scared, confused child, but sex was available. Sex was something that um, I sought because I was also molested. So 
it was a PowerPoint. It was like, oh, I can garner some attention this way. And so I pursued that with the people that lived near where my grandmother was, where she lived. And um, I got pregnant often and I aborted often. And it never even occurred to me that I was doing something wrong because I was just addicted to the sex, the feeling of being wanted, the feeling of having that attention, that momentary attention and um, the life, that was a non thing. You know, the life, I never considered that. Okay, fast forward to the age of 24. I'm like, a, uh, I'm not gonna toot my horn there, but I, you know, you learn. <laughs> the, more you, the more you do something, the more you learn, so all right. But I'm at the point at that time that I wanted to have a child, something in me said I wanted to experience the love of a child. And so I pursued that, I, I, I got it, I got what I wanted. Um, and I slowly began to appreciate life. Like, wow, look at this, right? But not, but clueless about how to actually care for this child. I didn't, I didn't know anything about self-care. I definitely didn't know anything about <laughs> raising a child. You know, I'm, I was, I was a internal soul. Uh, an introvert. And um, so fast forward, I met um, my husband who uh, was a yoga teacher and he taught me how to go inside and really transform my life. Um, and we went on to have four more children together. He was not the father of my first child. And so it's not until I want to say three years ago or two years ago where, um, you know, we have all these beautiful children. I've been a homeschooling mom all this time. And, um, <laughs> and uh, but now the financial piece is starting to weigh heavy on him, right? And he would like my participation because just, just putting your mind to creating uh, abundance or, or acknowledging your abundance is um, something that is directly attached to your, you know, self-value, right? And all the things that I had um, experienced to that point. I couldn't figure out why, why I'm having a problem manifesting abundance, you know? I'll start a whole bunch of things and stop them, and I had to really delve deep. Um, and figure out what that was. And I ran into all of this. I ran into the aborted babies. Um, I want to say prior to that, I ran into the master teachers, Kathy and Mitchell Gibson. Uh, through my husband, he introduced me to them. And I really rode that journey with them for about three to five years. I don't, I don't remember how many years. I think five years. I'm not sure. But um, they brought up concepts about spiritual life that were so foreign to me. But I'll tell you what the first one was. The first one was my um, younger sister, who was seven at the time, passed away in a fire in my grandmother's home. And I was 14, she was seven. And it was such a pain point and such a confusion um, uh, on top of all the other stuff that I had been doing and going through. 
Um, and the, the Gibsons mentioned how sometimes because children, when they're, um, they pass away young like that, they have no direction in the spirit world. And they may just be hanging out at their gravesite, which would leave them open to rape mm-hmm. by dark spirits and abuse and, you know, other traumas on that, or, you know, unseen. Spiritual plane. Yes, and that we could affect that and we could help them not feel that way by giving offerings and communicating with them and remembering them, you know, but doing active things to make that not their reality. That was such an enlightenment. And I did some special things for her, you know, like I, I, I printed images of tents, books, um, of a tent, books, jewelry, a dress, shoes, like all the things that she might be able to love where she was. And um, I remember dreaming of her after that as a confirmation that she had received those things. Mm-hmm. And that was that was the beginning of um, dealing with hard, hard, the hardest, some of the hardest issues that I could ever think that I could, you know, expectuate, you know, like change the dynamic around them. Okay. So then I read about abortion, uh, from, uh, Master Kathy Gibson. She mentioned how, if you've ever had an abortion, you must give that soul some acknowledgement and, and, um, say it again, send it back, send it back. Mm-hmm. And I had, uh, I said, wow, I never heard of that. I knew I had work to do. <laughs> I was thinking like, okay, I had these beautiful five children. I raised them to the best that I could. I nurtured them. And okay, that's enough. Maybe I'm forgiven for the other. And that has nothing to do with the other. One thing has nothing to do with the other. I think not to cut you off. No, it's okay. Um. So, like, what we don't realize is that every soul has its own contract yes. with its mom, you know. And when we have a miscarriage or an abortion, we cut that contract short. Yes. And that soul attaches to the mom's aura yes. until we consciously send that soul back into the astral plane so that it can come back and fulfill its contract. Right. So many of us, we, you know, we try to practice forgiveness and all those things, but that soul is still attached to our aura. And then we go on and have other kids and that soul literally just watching us mother and live our lives with these other kids when this soul still has a contract and that it hasn't been able to fulfill. That's right. Okay. So I'm going to continue. So I, um, I had a, I had a, a male friend who was also a part of studies with the Gibsons and he had read it and he he had the um he made him and his wife I won't say he made but he initiated the process of the ritual with his wife for their aborted children and he told me about it not knowing anything about what I had lived through and I cried so much don't say this man this wasn't even his body and he made this thing happen with his wife and I just said there's no more excuses 
no more excuses because you know you live in New York City. Where will I find a river? Right, where will I find a stream? Where am I? Where am I going? Yeah, all these things. Right. 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 This mystical water from yeah. all the know. blocks. How do the I block know what this mine? Like, yes, what's right. Yeah, all that. We make excuses for ourselves. We make so many excuses. So after after he told me his story, I had no more. Uh, there was no more room for excuses, and so I created the names and I made the event happen. You you give them a name of um, a name, where a, they were, a time of birth, where location. That's right, and uh, you know the whole ritual. I guess we can add that. We can post that. Um, mm -hmm. You know, but. Uh, I followed it, and my husband joined me, Beautiful. and and it was a within minutes because it, it didn't go so well the first time. But it, this is the full moon, so we you know we get out there, and it didn't go just perfect the first time when it came time to throw the ashes into the water. Mm -hmm. uh, those ashes got some on the land, some in the water. They were everywhere. <laughs> so I'm like, ooh. ooh. So we uh um, <laughs> make this easy for you. Yeah. We had, had to do it again the same day. Um to make sure it was done completely and correctly. And so we traveled back from Manhattan to Brooklyn, created the package again, traveled back to the river, and um really we, we were able to put those ashes in a bag with a rock that time, a paper bag, and uh get that going. Uh, so the ritual was complete. And when we did it the first time that same day, I ran into one of the would-be grandmothers of those children. She was not banging on the window. Um, and I'm like, how this thing works fast. <laughs> it was like a confirmation. I'm like this, look at this, look at her saying hi to me. And I just, what I just did, it was amazing. So uh fast forward we have a very beautiful relationship uh me and those children and my children they all know they all now know and it's a bless um uh, it's a really a really wonderful thing i'm so excited that joanne was able to release that in front of your parents and your daughter um, but take it a step further and, you know, participate in the ritual to really release that soul and, um, and, and walk with that soul. That, yes. that's your new, your new warrior on this side that you acknowledge and they acknowledge you. And it's like a, it's a powerful, powerful thing. Because they don't really become our ancestors until we release them because they're stuck. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean? it's kind of like being in limbo. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I also feel like or know that sometimes we feel down, depressed, and drained and stuff, and that's usually the the yes. soul baby attached to our aura. That's right. You know, so because it's feeling its own anger, its own depression, its own animosity that you know they're stuck. That's right. And you're living your life, having more kids, and doing what you're doing, and kind of feel forgotten about, and they're on pause with their whole assignment you know and sometimes it's it's relatives that need to come back fulfill contracts and all that stuff and we don't really take that into account it kind of we're selfish in that sense That's right. because we don't know right um 
But once you know, then it's like you have no no choice but to do what you need to do. Um, like I said, I w- I've never had an abortion. However, my mom shared a story with me more recently about how I was supposed to be aborted. And she would just tell me, like, because um, I've always dreamed of moving to California. <clears throat> I used to do hair and makeup for production for 13 years. So I used to want to move here and do hair and makeup for the stars and all that stuff. And I would always come back and forth to to visit my grandma. My first time coming to California, she, like, broke down. And she was, like, as if I wasn't going to come back. And I'm, like, what's wrong with you? And she's, like, you know, you're meant to be here. You're a fighter. This, is and that. And she just shared with me her experience. Um, my dad who's deceased, he was Italian. So I was coming into a family with a black mom and a white dad. And my grandparents didn't want a nigger grandbaby. Like his parents didn't want a nigger grandbaby. So they would like threaten her with at-home abortions. And like, she would come home and it'd be like a hanger on the table. And it's like, oh, we're going to give you an abortion today type of thing. So she was also, you know, in the eighties, she was in the drug life and stuff like that. She was doing drugs. She was like, you know, when I found out I was pregnant, I stopped doing drugs. But then when I realized I was going to get an abortion, I just continued. And I didn't really know how you would come out, you know, if you would be have birth defects or what have you. And um, she had ran into a shoplifting altercation with the cops and they were about to let her go. And she kept saying, I have to I have a procedure tomorrow. I have a procedure tomorrow. And they were like, well, what's the procedure? And she's like, I have to get this abortion. And they arrested her. Like, they were about to let her go until she said that she was about to get this abortion. And she was locked up for maybe, like, four months to where she couldn't even terminate the pregnancy even anymore if she wanted to because she was too far along. So um, she always just tells me how strong I am, how I'm meant to be here, how, you know, and it's, it's a, a shame and a guilt that she has sometimes because she's like, you know, you doing such amazing things with women you're helping them with their wombs. And just to think that at some point I may have cut that short for you, you know? So I, like I said, I've never had an abortion, but I've almost been a circumstance of abortion. So I definitely understand. That's incredible. I I want to, I want uh, brother Ashkey to chime in because He's, um, I'm sure his mom will come up, which I love. Man, y'all got me, uh, y'all got me in my feelings, as they say over here, man. <laughs> you know, um, this is part of my purpose, um, is to help heal the feminine and put y'all back on y'all crown, Mm. on y'all throne. Crown, crone, same word, you know. I have a lot to say, but I'm going to try to be as brief as possible. Um, Thank y'all. Each each one of y'all have incredible stories. Um, I know whoever's listening to this has incredible stories. Um... And you are incredible, and you should be honored and lifted up just for being you, you know? Um, Man, I don't even know where to begin. My illusion, this world is an illusion. 
and I don't really like the word satanic, but I can't think of a better word. This is a satanic world. Um, the root of Satanism is to invert things, um, to make what's left right, <laughs> to make up down, you know. Yeah, to make light dark, dark light. And so with Roe versus Wade, women have been given the illusion of choice. It's not really choice. It's an illusion of choice. Um, I'm an advocate of freedom. I'm an advocate definitely of my body, my choice. Um, I would say I'm pro-life and I'm pro-choice. I'm both. But Bianca, as you were speaking of, 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 of the circumstances of your birth, and this was part of what my thoughts were earlier today, I couldn't help but think about um, a very controversial figure, uh, Minister Louis Farrakhan. Oh, I was... <laughs> Me too. Synchronicity. <laughs> yes, because his mom always says that he... You know where fought, I'm going. He fought death three times before even getting here. That's right. That's right. So, you know, he, he his 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 mother's father was a dark skinned dude, you know, but there was this light skinned cat over here to the side. She had this thing with, you know, and so she didn't know whose baby this was. So she tried to abort him three times. Mm -hmm. And the first um, lecture I ever studied from him is definitely one of the pinnacles of, of his work. And he's controversial. I know I've met him personally. I've met his wife, Mother Khadija. I actually was really honored to get counseled by him privately, one-on-one. -on -one. My mom, uh, too. Oh, wow. 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 You know, I'm the nation of Islam. She grew up with Farrakhan. He used to come to our house for dinner sometimes. In New York? Wow. In the yeah. 70s? Mm-hmm. Oh, I got, I got, yeah, we got to talk on that. Yeah, even in, um, <laughs> we live from New Jersey. We're from Teaneck. And um, our neighbor would have him come over periodically and we got to sit with him and stuff. Mm. So. Now he's a beautiful human being. And yes. so, so um yeah so the first lecture he did that I studied the first lecture I ever purchased and studied was called How to Give Birth to a God. Mm. Nineteen eighty seven. It's a five or six part series. Eighty seven. And you know he speaks That's the year I was born. Wow. Wow. Just don't, they don't stop, right? Wow. <laughs> and so in the Nation of <laughs> Islam teachings, they say that the birth, Yaqub, who birthed this world and the Caucasian race, according to teachers of Honor Elijah Muhammad, mm -hmm. he had four laborers the nurse, the minister, the doctor, and the cremator. Mm. And right now, the medical industry has a stranglehold on humanity, which we saw over the past couple years with these lockdowns and these injections. I don't want to get us banned, you know. <laughs> um, and then my, my, my little aunt falls off like another another uh, mm -hmm. uh, another synchronicity, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. 
you know, yesterday my wife and I, we went out to eat, very nice restaurant, and there was a woman that came in, and I was like, oh, my God, it's, it's super GMO woman over here, right? Her, <laughs> she was like, her legs are probably like the size of my pinky, just like thin, right? Mm-hmm. And she had these maybe, I'm talking like 44 double G breasts, <laughs> and she looked like something out of, you know, a monstro- a medical monstrosity, right? <laughs> <laughs> and the whole restaurant was looking like you know, and and she was you know my wife pointed out that the dude with her looked like he could be her father mm. you know he probably paid for it and i'm sure you know in a few years will be upgrading to a younger model you know what i mean right. but everything now is gone through the medical industry even this uh, push of, of transgenderism, you can only transgender through the medical industry. Yeah. You can only get healthy or, I'm going to say, you can edit it if you want, vaccinated or be safe through the medical industry. Mm-hmm. You can only terminate a pregnancy through the medical industry. You can only have a baby through the medical industry. You can only, thank you, you can only have a baby. You can only... Uh, Sign your certificate of debt. You can only die through the medical industry. So one of my dear uh, soul sisters um, is a doula. And she's a, a, she calls herself a spirit doula. She's a birth doula and a death doula. I have, so I'm having a home birth and my doula is a birth doula and a death doula. Right. Because it's, <laughs> it's the same portal. Mm-hmm. So as I'm an advocate of going back to the old, the ancient indigenous ways. If you are going, because I've, I've heard it described of uh, going into this facility. I've heard it described of having this thing in, inserted in you, which feels totally foreign and violating. And then just the whole process is, is um, it's an assault on femininity. It's another assault, right? Yep. From what I've heard. Now, there are ways, and I know at least two women that have done this, that have uh, released a pregnancy outside of the medical industry. There's definitely herbs that you can use mm-hmm. to any and But there's also a responsibility that you have to the spirit of that child. Like you said, the contract, you know. So, um, yeah, and then getting back to to my story and why this is why I'm so passionate about this. um, My mother um, grew up um, in a ancestral type of situation with my grandfather, you know, and so I was born with kind of a um, a predisposition, as I would say you were, Bianca, to be doing this work with the with healing the Yoni and Coochie conversations through what was going on when you were in the womb. Mm-hmm. Um, with me, what was going on in my mother's womb, I was predisposed to have this strong passion um, for the feminine and almost this 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 worship this natural worship of the feminine, which has got me in a whole lot of trouble <laughs> growing up, you know, because I had to learn, you know what I mean? 
Because he's feminine don't mean you a goddess, you know what I mean? <laughs> or a female, you know what I mean? So, uh, <laughs> so um, yeah, that's what I'm an advocate for, is um, returning to the old way and the consecration of our genitals, the consecration of our sexuality. Taking Shatiqua and I, um, there's one episode out of this course called Our Dirty Secret Place where we talk about these things and, you know, moving our sexuality from a dirty secret place to an open sacred place. And um, it's needed. You know, I mean, all you got to do, this thing on social media I saw today on a few people's uh, things was these sisters at the uh, uh, point of no return, I guess, in Ghana. Right. Mm -hmm. And they twerking for the ancestors, right? Right. Right. (laughs) And I commented that, you know, divinity exists and persists even in our ignorance. Yeah. Yeah, because when, you know, when we look at twerking, on this side of things, we think mm. it's like, oh, they're promiscuous, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. But on the other side of things, if you're really tapped into your sacral chakra, you're moving that energy. Hey, mm-hmm. it could be the greatest, mm-hmm. it, it, and that's probably not their mindset, mm-hmm. but right? They don't know, spirit but knows. spirit knows. Exactly. Like, that might be the greatest thing that ever happened to them was exactly. to have four, four sisters circulate they 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 their yoni energy, energy. on their behalf. Mm-hmm. Yes. Who's to say? It's all creative energy. You know, you know what I, I mean? would like to connect that to trees. Trees mm. are not often mm-hmm. um, given the high state that they deserve. And what they love more mm-hmm. when you work with them, sometimes you talk to them if you're going to break off. I broke off some pine yes. cones the other day, but I had to request it. I requested, I asked the question, and I get an answer. And, and this tree said, Well, if you can get it off, then take it off. Right. Because it was <laughs> and I was laughing because people don't realize if you shake it, if you shake the tree, you hold those leaves. The tree is the most happiest tree. It can Even be because tree. That's right. But but it's more important to touch the leaves because leaves. that's where the water content is housed the most in the leaves that we can access. So, yeah, hugging the tree is one thing, but accessing those leaves and shaking that tree. They're so happy. <laughs> not a so, tree being on your shoulder there's a tree on your shoulder yeah. <laughs> I got a couple in my room but the children were like um, yeah I, you can't come in here right now <laughs> I love my trees inside my house people call me weird for being a tree hugger I'm like mm. it's so much, I said you feel so much lighter after you hug, hug a tree that's right that's right so that's just was to you know just a segue off of the woman twerking on the grave yeah. Like that is an energy that could be very beneficial. Mm-hmm. But can I add I, one more thing? Absolutely. This is just coming to me now. There's a great book, y'all. Um, being y'all might be familiar with it. Um, <laughs> of of water and the spirit. Absolutely. Maladoma Patrice Somme. Yes. Um, his wife, Sombufu Somme, um, deals with. Uh, grief ceremonies for women. I haven't read her works, but just knowing Maladoma, I respect her. But in this book of Water and the Spirit, it's, uh, I think, maybe one of the only books that deals with an initiatory process 
of a uh, an African shaman. Mm-hmm. And in his tribe, which is the Begara tribe, when a woman was with child, the shaman or shamaness would, would put her in trance and they would ask the child, who are you? What ancestor are you? Why have you come back? What is your name? What is your purpose? They would get the entire um, biography of this soul before the soul was born. And thus, Maladoma was named Maladoma, whose name meant he who makes friends with the enemy because he knew he had to be the bridge uh, to make friends with the white world, the European colonizers that were taking over his village in, uh, what's it, Burkina Faso, I believe. Hmm. And so these are some of the the ancient future ways, indigenous ways that we have to return to is to really have a respect for this this soul. And he was actually the reincarnation of his grandfather, who was like the greatest magician the village had ever known. So, you know, a lot of this wisdom is present. It's, 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 it's returning to us. But, you know, we have to link up in, in situations like this so we can know, oh, this one has that and this one has this and, and we can utilize this person for this and we can, you know, because we do, we, we got to change this whole dynamic that's mm-hmm. out here because it ain't working. <laughs> it, ain't, it ain't working for nobody. Right. You know, Elijah Muhammad says it's going to be 100% dissatisfaction. Nobody's satisfied in this thing. Nobody. Mm-hmm. So we're the ones that have to really rebirth something new, you know? And so with that, I'll uh, mm-hmm. pass the mic. <laughs> you know, I feel like with me being with child, um, when I found out I was pregnant, like I've always said that if I didn't get pregnant by the time I was 34, then I was like, all right, I'm not, I'm just here to help other women get pregnant. And I was okay with that. Um, I just felt like I've called myself Divine Mother because I've helped other women get pregnant, but now the name resonates even more Mm -hmm. because I am pregnant, Um, and this is a divine experience, and I got pregnant three days before my 34th birthday. (laughs) (laughs) I always said that I wanted a Leo baby because I'm, as a Sagittarius, my mom's a Leo, and we just have a really great connection um he's like my best friend and I thought seven was a girl for like ever until three days before his gender reveal I realized he's been telling me he was a boy this whole time um but he's a Leo he's supposed to be born August 19th which is Leo season um and I'm naming him seven for a few different reasons um 2023 energetically Mm -hmm. seven that's right um, my partner's life path number is seven. Mm-hmm. I'm a daughter of Yamaya, her number is seven. Um, and he was originally supposed to be due in July, which is the seventh month. Mm-hmm. So as much as I didn't feel ready to have a child, I just know that he's supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, and that he's going to do some 
some great things. <laughs> I already know that I have a lot of spiritual gifts, but like people always tell me how powerful he is. Like here mm. and like he needed to come through a portal that can nurture his gifts. Mm-hmm. So I'm honored. Well, don't to- let me forget to share either online or offline mm-hmm. what I got this because everything you you saying saying is like confirmation of this uh this practice I've got. So okay. uh and this just like came through this morning. So you know mm-hmm. uh if it's you know online or offline we you know it, I got it, to it, definitely share a, that. Yeah you, mm-hmm. you can share it it's fine. And I thank you. Um I thank him. Thank <laughs> all of y'all. Yes. <laughs> a beautiful conversation. Probably yeah. <laughs> our best podcast conversations so far. Mm. Um mm. Just being able to... We don't do nothing but the best, you know. For real. <laughs> <laughs> like, go hard or go home. Right, right. And we are all meant to be here. I really believe that, you know. Oh, yeah. um, the circumstances of our lives um, is all in, in, in the grand conspiracy of alignment. Mm-hmm. You know, every um, challenge, every success, every failure. We mm-hmm. can call it that, but it's all in divine... Um, it's all a divine circulation for us to like get to this place where we're able to usher people in and out of the phases we've already uh, mastered. That's so right. I'm just thankful for everybody mm-hmm. here for sharing their gifts and just even the things unsaid. It was yeah. said energetically. It's going to resonate with who it resonates for. Yeah. Some things don't have to be verbalized, but mm-hmm. I just I feel a palpable energy on this um on this broadcast because I know that people are going to release from shame. And they're mm-hmm. going to be free from the decision if they did, you know, for whatever reason, abort life. Because there's no good reason for an abortion. There's no bad reason for an abortion. Your decision is your decision. Right. And abortion is a fancy word for premature ending of a life. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. I, I want to encourage people to watch uh, my video of my story on Shatiqua.com. It's called Motherhood Saved Me. And the first, the first slide is called "Releasing Shame." Mm. <laughs> wow! Know, the first slide is shame. I mean, you guys are gonna be amazed when you see. Uh, but we'll talk about that later. You guys yeah. need to. I see feel this. like we gotta walk in and have another episode. I yeah, we're so. gonna have to have you on again. All right, it's gonna. Make it- yeah, I want. I want you to catch the after effects because I might yeah. be on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're gonna need to. Yeah, usually that happens. Anybody that has watched it, they've reached back at me for that support of that final release of whatever it has been. And I love mm. that. I love that. You know, it really does the acupuncture on your soul for whatever your for you. situation is. Yeah. Because right. mm-hmm. everybody's mm-hmm. shame is not the same. That's right. Mm. Um, mm. That's right. I wanted, this is why I wanted to have coochie conversations because I like to break the stigma of shame and guilt, especially when it comes to our womb chakra, our sacral chakra and how sexual we are as women. It's like, why does everything have to be so taboo or -hmm. shameful? You know, it's very patriarchal for us to always have to live in shame. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, um, live in, in our, in our feminine energy. Yeah. Unapologetically. Yes. So this is the premise of, Gucci conversations. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for having this um, forum. This is fantastic. People 
influence on this very very powerful leaving everybody with resources so if you look in the info of this episode we're going to leave some publications that our guests have you know been featured on we're going to um release the um link for the video Mm -hmm. that Chico had um, recorded. We're going to give you guys some reading material. You know, Mm -hmm. if you further want assistance, you can always get on the Facebook group. You know, me and Bianca are online. We're there for you and we're ready to support you. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I always try to end our segments with um, an affirmation of some sort. And today I want to leave us with the Ho'oponopono prayer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is Hawaii is my spot. I was I was born in Monterey, California, King of the Mountain. But mm. then I was only there six months before I went to Hawaii. And I've had so many experiences in Hawaii. I've connected with King Kamehameha and his consort, who really had the magic. Um, there's a great book called um, Sacred Power of Huna, hmm. where they have a chapter called, I think it's called Making Rainbows, which is um, Polynesian sexuality. Oh. But it's a whole other perspective even on how as 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 infants they used to have poems that they would give the children so the so the children would would um basically recite poetry to their genitals Mm. it was a very open um even the uh the hula was you know they said there were these women that would just go around from the islands and then just bless the people sexually yeah you know what i mean it was it was a a whole other um, mm. kind of consciousness yes. that they have there. And um, personal aside, I met on on the, you know, they say the, 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 the eight, seven or eight islands are the seven chakras or eight chakras. And I met uh, my childhood crush, Lisa Bonet, mm-hmm. on the seventh <laughs> chakra island. Hawaii, you know what I mean? She would be there. You know, well, I think she was with Aquaman at the time. You know what I mean? Which is a, you know, what I'm saying he wasn't there though. You know, but, um, <laughs> but you know, Angel Heart and that chicken. You know what I mean? Lisa Bonet boy. But um, I've been called to Hawaii. I've never been, but I've been ooh, called go. to Hawaii in the last two years or so. And I don't think go. I want to. There, but I, I definitely need to experience the land. We said that the other day. We were talking about the other day. You gotta go. It's a mad, and you gotta connect. You gotta uh, go off the beaten path, you know, and meet with the locals, and you know, and stay off the. You know, I met the Atui Nation, the indigenous uh, uh, sovereignty movement people, and they were connected to Haile Selassie's grandson. I mean, it's some. It's a magical place. It's definitely the most magical place I've ever been. So, forgive me for that interruption, but like these synchronicities are just too. That too was much. an interruption. That was important. Interruption. You have to say it then. Now you got to pray you know, us out. Yes. And, and 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 in that in that prayer, I was once in Hawaii, uh, and and the the lady who was my driver to the hotel, I I mentioned Ho'oponopono, and she said, "How do you know about that?" <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, 
I'm I'm the whole pano pano man, you know. <laughs> <laughs> she pronounced it pano pano. And basically, the two panos are actually um, giving it more power. Seems to be like, oh, pano, 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 you know, really want to give it power. And she said that we we did this whenever we needed to connect and reconnect as a family. Whenever there was some type of discord, whenever there's some type of disharmony, this is what we did around um, Kava Kava. And on the Big Island of Hawaii, there's a kava bar, and they have this uh, this song, at the kava bar we all family, we raise a cup and we adi adi, you know. <laughs> and they actually have a mana deck, a mana um, you can look I'm sure it's on Amazon, a mana uh, tarot deck mm. with Hawaiian deities that I purchased at that um, kava bar, you know. But Ho'oponopono on the kind of the, the, the cliff note version is uh, distilled down to four phrases. Mm-hmm. And it's been a while, but it's just, I love you. Please forgive me. I'm sorry. Thank you. And there was a doctor, I think his name was Len Horowitz or something like that. And he was a psychologist and he treated this whole um, ward of criminally insane people by doing this practice and healed the whole ward. Mm-hmm. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah, so it's like repentance, forgiveness, gratitude, and love. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And that's why aloha literally means love. So chant it a couple of times, Ashki. So I hear you. So it's, you start with I'm sorry because you got to repent. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm sorry. Gonna, Please forgive sorry. me. Thank you. I love you. Mm-hmm. We can hold our wounds because whether we had an abortion, yes. or trauma there, or you know, you might and, be and 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 fellas, right? Grab, you your, grab your, you know, hey, we need to hit, you know, yes, ladies, yes, you know, yes. grab yours, fellas, grab yours, we, yes, you know, for real, absolutely. We, we, we got a lot of uh, whole pano pounding to do in brothers. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? <laughs> <laughs> <For real. laughs> I love this so much. Grab <laughs> your package and get some healing. Pano Pano. Pano. So we'll say, we'll touch ourselves, say, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank mm-hmm. you. I love you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please, Please forgive me. Thank you. Thank you. I love 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 you. Everyone enjoyed this conversation today. It was very synchronistic, very powerful and insightful. I hope all of our listeners got something from today, whether it was just releasing or education or some type of healing. Um, Thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of Coochie Conversations. And I love you guys and we will see you next week. Love you. Love you. Thank you.